Welcome to the Business of Buildings podcast, where passionate professionals in the building industry share knowledge and perspectives to inspire positive change in the places we live. In this episode, Emma and Nadia share their experiences living with sick building syndrome. Uh, We dive into the topic of scope and accountability as it relates to mold in buildings. Emma and Nadia met within five minutes of this recording. Uh, Both apartments they experienced this were less than 10 years old here in Perth, Western Australia. Let's listen in. For hours and hours. Yeah. I think people are sick of hearing me talk about it, to be honest. So. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> when I start going, I can't stop. Oh, and then I'm like... It's just infuriating. Yes. Yes. So yes. silly. So we met... Well, I met Anton and Marcus just a few weeks ago at a networking function. Um, yeah. And I talked with him for a while, and I talked to this other lady, Emma, this lawyer. Um, I gave an example with Nadia's case with her apartment, and very good conversation. We're going to talk more with her about a potential class action for this case, and there's a few others. But I just believe in synchronicity, and what's happened since is there's lots of connections being made Mm. through our networks that are actually getting us closer to resolving this. Mm. So like I said to Nadia before before you arrived, that this is more about educating the public, Mm -hmm. and everyone in my network, which is architects, builders, engineers, around such a fundamental issue mm-hmm. with ventilation and, and mold. Um, so the fact that I just, I met Anton and through you recently is like, holy cow, mm-hmm. Nadia's moving out of her apartment. Mm-hmm. She's recently, yeah. she's pregnant now. Yeah. We talked about that about six Thank months you. ago. Thank you. But that's <laughs> not a healthy yeah. space to be in. No, no, and, exactly. And then I found out at the same time, you're moving out. So that's yeah. just way too coincidental, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And I, like I told Nadia, you're not the only ones. Yeah. There's a lot no. that immune systems and sensitivity, everyone has different levels of sensitivity, but there's a lot of people out there that are living in a compromised space yeah. and they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're living in a suppressed environment mm-hmm. with their own immune system, mm. which could have long-term effects. They won't exactly. be seen for five, 10 years. It, and who, who's so responsible for that is the question of today. Mm. Yeah. All right, so um, do we, let's just introduce, do you want to introduce your background? Yeah. Like, um, uh, and what, you're, what you do for a living? Yes, um, well, your, your we, parents. yeah, my family owns an airline catering business, so we make airplane food. <laughs> yeah, something very For Qantas, different. right? No, we, we used to do Qantas, but um, Qantas have their own caterers. Uh, we do all the regionals that go to the mine sites, fly and fly out. Oh, cool. And we do South African Airways as well. Yeah. Wow. So we had Eddie had Airways too, but they don't fly to Perth anymore. So, yeah. So we're in the food industry. We're very um, clean. Yes, very <laughs> clean. Like very I've done clean. lots of courses on um, bacteria and mold and yeah, and just stuff like. And I am, I think, a little bit OCD when it comes to cleanliness yeah. too. So seeing mold, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> What is going on in my house? Yeah, so so I've been doing that pretty much my whole life, really, and I've travelled a lot as well and worked at a couple of cafes. But yeah. your parents were on today tonight too, weren't they? Yeah, oh, we got interviewed. My mum and dad didn't, you did. didn't want to. Yeah, oh, <laughs> myself and my brother. Yeah, because oh, my brother shy? runs the business now. Mum and dad have retired, um, so he's like he's the boss, and they contacted him, and I wasn't going to be in it, and then he's like. You're going to be interviewed with That's me cool. too. <laughs> yeah. When was that on TV? 
Oh, a year over a year ago. I've got it. I it's not that long. Posted ago. it on my um, Facebook page. Yeah, so I can show you that later. I'll have a listen. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But you get to see like the factory and stuff. So. Yeah, so food. We've always been in food. And I'm um, Lebanese-Italian background as well, so food is... So food is the centre of the year. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We make, like, all our own sauces and sausages and oh, all well, the traditional cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy. And then you on. went... A few months ago, you went to Bali for a yoga Yeah, so I became a yoga teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I became a yoga teacher in, like, October last year. Um, which is amazing, but I haven't been able to do much because the start of my pregnancy wasn't, I wasn't sick, but I had no energy and oh, I, was, yeah. I was feeling queasy, like I just felt yucky all the time. So You weren't sure what you were doing with it yet anyway. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to teach a bit, but yeah, yeah. and now, and we actually, after the yoga training, my fiancé proposed to me. Um, oh, nice. My boyfriend, yeah, so <laughs> we got engaged and then oh. a, a month later we tried um to for babies because i was told by doctors that i probably won't get pregnant because i've got mm. a hormonal um autoimmune disease called oh, polycystic yeah. ovaries yeah. are you serious yes yeah so that's why my I'm... sister had something very similar to that oh really she struggled for years like, yeah for, we felt pregnant years. straight away we that's well, i was good. like ready to you know go through the system and in vitro get and all. T- tests and yeah like when i was 26 i was told you probably won't get pregnant wow. and to get a hysterectomy to oh. solve the problem and, oh my goodness. and then i went on the healthy journey of changing my diet and yeah. exercise and that's how I got into yoga and meditation and stuff your time in Bali had probably helped yeah yeah you were there for two months yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you told me that when you go there you feel healthy again oh, I feel so good in but when you move back to that apartment you yeah you feel a suppressed immune system feel cra- yeah. yeah and one time I actually had a sinus infection and then because we'd go to Bali a bit my partner's Indonesian and I know he surfs as well so like mm-hmm. Bali's really close and yeah that's always our little getaway. And I, as soon as I got to Bali, I cleared up. And I was just like, oh my. And then that's when I think it clicked to me that it's something to do with the mold and yeah. the apartment. Yeah. And I was going to do tests and stuff, but um, yeah. it's quite expensive. So Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what we'll work on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know an engineer that's worked for a builder mm-hmm. and they were paid by them to do an assessment. Yeah. Yeah. So we can, we'll talk through that. That's yeah. their property, so I can't see it. Yeah, but he's good friends, so we can all find out. Mm-hmm. One thing with a new build, concrete does take two years to kind of cure. Yes. So it sweats and it gets that moisture gets rid of gets rid of it. Yeah. So if you're not ventilated properly, well, there you go. Yeah. That's another issue, but okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. That's my last story. Emma, did you want to introduce your background and like what what are you up to now? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I am currently at UWA mm-hmm. and I've just started a Master of Public Health, oh, cool. um, which ties in very nicely with everything that's yeah. been I know, going I on recently. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Is this um, what draw, drew you to it or you it, always had an interest in, in the it, public? In form? part, um, it did. There was other things in my history that sort of led me to that sort of interest with my own sort of health issues. Growing up, that could have been um, intervened a lot earlier on, and I could have saved myself a lot of mm. um, a lot of hard and challenging years. Okay. Um, but this, obviously, again, sort of brought up that that health and public health um, issues with with the mold and stuff like that. Mm. Was um, my research into what to do about mouldy mm. living spaces that 
you know, got me into looking at the guidelines and things like that. And I was like, wow. I've got a few people I can introduce you to. There's a German lady that, that's in this space who uh, would be a very good contact, oh, even while you're going through uni. Yeah, that uh, would be fantastic. We actually talked about this looking, I mean, Evan did a thesis with UWA, oh, more yeah. around geothermal, and he got supported by Landcorp. They, fought, they, were, they, they fin uh, financed it. Yeah. We thought this might be the, and the building commission actually said this is the best path for us mm -hmm. to do an independent study. Yeah, wow. So wow. that lady I've been trying to get a hold of and, and get a meeting together and then look at it as a potential project from a university, which is independent. So there, again, it might line up. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, those guidelines and everything are sort of yeah. I've suggested all the health elements and things that could be caused by living in a damp and moldy environment. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, some sort of study that sort of looks more into it or yeah. everything would be very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so where I come in is, as an engineer, and I, as a, my specialty is mechanical engineering, so ventilation, air conditioning, design to the layman. So it's more involved in that. So we'll, we'll design an air conditioning system to cater to the building fabric and glass and size it to suit that. So the architect gives us a shell. We have to calculate it to work out what who's in it, what's the fabric doing, all right? And then you deliver a system to offset. So it's quite integrated, but um, what seems to, what I've noticed is that the end user is kind of forgotten about. Mm, and it's, it's, it's mm. not, it's never an individual an attack on the professions, it's down to the system we're in. It's a very siloed industry where an engineer, here you go, here are the drawings, the architect's sitting on it for a year and they want to get the drawings out in a month to get to tender or get to building permit, which is where your certification comes in, which is a piece of paper. It's a letter that says, oh, this building is compliant to NCC, which is the National Construction Code. It complies with this, 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 and this. And then that letter goes into the system. And then the surveyor takes it, files it, submits it to council to get a permit. Now, the, the surveyor doesn't actually review it anymore. They used to. They just take you on good faith. So, and I've seen it, and it's not only in the part, I've seen it at every level at different buildings, and, and what's, what's happening is that the, the public, and as a chartered engineer, our duty is to the public, not to the client. Too often in the space now, the clients are the ones looked after because they want to win the job or they want to meet their budget. That's where it falls short. So the public is the one that should be the design focus, and that's you two as, as, the, as the theme. Definitely. But by doing that, what developers and architects and builders don't realize, you actually provide better design, which could be more cost effective. Because to resolve, and I printed this earlier, just pure coincidence, because the developer or the architect's emailing me asking for a certification. And this has been sitting on my desk for like six months. We don't know what was going on. It's like, oh, we need a letter. So I'm like, okay, here's your letter. Um, it's an apartment in North Perth, but we have toilet exhaust here, we have a kitchen range discharging out, mm -hmm. dryer exhaust going out, and this is where you, what you call a brake vent. So if you look at it, it's quite simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's all that needed to be done yeah. for your apartment. Mm -hmm. But 90% of the apartments going out in the last 10 years in WA are missing this. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a fundamental, and this is nothing new. It's, it was in the standard 10 years ago. It's been in standards around the world for a long time, 
break vent, trickle vent, however you want to call it. But what's it's fascinating to me, how did this gap come about? I don't, mm-hmm. where you have that letter. And the architect, I had, on this one, I had to explain what that was. He's like, oh, what is this? Well, that's, you need to put that in. It was like fighting tooth and nail to get it in there. Really? Yeah. And, that's and, and I'm the engineer. It's my recommendation. It's not a recommendation. It has to go in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the apartment that. So where do you live? So let's. Um, and don't sorry. we won't mention addresses. Yeah, just no. a general area. Uh, West Perth. West Perth. Um, it's a ten-year-old building. Ten-year-old. Wow. Um, and I. So 2009. Something like that. Maybe yeah. 2008. So it might be into its eleventh year. But, okay. Um, yeah. Not not too old. Um. I moved in pretty much four years ago to the day. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I've been there for a considerable amount of time. Where were you living before that? Before that, I was down south in Bunbury. Oh, Bunbury. Oh, um, my nice. partner's from Bunbury. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was down there for about 12 years, mm-hmm. um, but originally I was from over east in Victoria. Oh, cool. Um, and then moved to Perth when I was about four, and then down to Bunbury when I was 12, and then back up 12 years later right, so yeah. uh, this was my first time living in an apartment mm. um, and in the city and I felt pretty cool you know yeah <laughs> like yeah young you know young going off to uni and yeah. my little apartment lots of takeout yeah Uber Eats yeah that was that was an exciting yeah. thing to happen yeah. for sure <laughs> but um yeah this apartment has been designed in a way, with the vents that it's got, excuse my poor terminology. No, it's okay. I don't know all the, the actual specifics, but um, the actual motor fan yeah. type thing that's actually driving the moisture out of the bathrooms and things like that. There's only one of them, mm-hmm. and it's in one of the bathrooms. Okay. But that's also connected to that bathroom's like vent. Yeah. As well as the one in the laundry cupboard. Yeah, it's just one fan. And the one in the other bathroom. Oh. So you've got this one fan oh, like, motor trying to pull mm. from three different. Um, Let me. Is it a box header fan? Is it literally? Actually, I'm gonna put. Sure <laughs> no, wait, <laughs> hold on. Let me put, did I put photos in your report? Uh, where the fan is literally. I mean, you can see it, it's right there. It's like it's well, it's in a manhole. Like, oh, it's in you know, it's oh, inside yeah. that So you'd have three area. girls collecting from one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. you know, when I first moved in, we were like, gosh. So how do you turn it on and off? Like, what's your control? There's just a switch. Just a one switch for the three well, rooms. there's three switches, but when you turn one on, yeah. it's obviously, it, it's turning them all on. So you can turn one on in the bathroom and turn it off in the other bathroom, for mm-hmm. example. Um, okay. So the way that it works is that it's not just isolated to the one room that it's trying to pull from, it's doing all three at the same time. And so Nadia has something like, I mean, a box header style. So the fan is in the assembly, but you would right. have an inline collecting to that three girls. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So yeah, I get, I get that. That's, yeah, yeah, so that's, you know, that's poor design from the get-go. Like, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the volume, the size of the ventilation as well, like how are they catering to it? They should have separate for each room. Separate control. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I've had people come in right from the beginning when I when I moved in. I was taking showers and things and going, gosh, there's all this 
steam and stuff around. And we're like, mm. oh, it just doesn't seem like it's doing anything. Well, yeah. and we know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, as a standalone issue is a problem because it's obviously you're getting more moisture in the air and things like yeah. that. That can create mould. But on top of that, we also had a leak that presented itself within the first few months of moving in, mm. um, which came through in one of the bedrooms. Uh, it wasn't really obvious as to where it was coming from, except we knew it was obviously somewhere above. Um, we had everything sort of looked at, the um, air conditioner, the pipes that were in the bathroom, the kitchen, things that didn't even look like they could be connected. We had everything sort of looked at. We had the vents looked at as well, and everyone that sort of looked it's at Nadia's it. It's fan here. Oh, wow. You can okay. see them all, in. Oh, yeah, gosh. Them. You sent me these photos. Oh yeah. Your plants like destroyed to... from mold. Oh, my plant. I can't have any plants. You had shoes destroyed? Yeah. $300 shoes? Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> I can't even so many tell you. Have you I had that as well? Thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff that I've lost. Are you serious? Oh, what thanks. else have you lost, Nadia? Oh, you, like, that's a, yeah, just so shoes? far as shoes and plants. I hadn't, uh, but I don't put any plants in the house anymore. No. And, you had windowsills um, getting filled up yeah, with mold? Yeah. They put an incense in the hallway. Yeah, the hallways aren't even... Holy cow, look at that. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, my goodness. So that was back in 2015 when the leak sort of first presented itself, and this is when we are first seeing the mould. Okay, what, what level were you on? Uh, level six. And this and is the outside wall? Um, or it would be. It would be, um, yeah. it would be on the other side is the balcony. Yeah. Um, yeah, outdoors, so... Oh, yeah, like that looks familiar. <laughs> mold around the windows and everything. Well, we know it's because of moisture content inside. That's a cold bridge. Yeah. So if you have high dew point inside versus outside, then you're going to get sweating. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than a, a pint of beer outside in a mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. You yeah. see it dripping? Yeah. yeah. So there's no thermal. You can get an aluminum frame with thermal brakes to prevent that, but that's a more expensive frame, isn't it? And the builder doesn't want to pay for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's fundamental ways to fix. So what is that? Your backpack. So this is like a traveling backpack. I would have spent maybe three That's or four hundred dollars on. Yeah. Um, that all went moldy, and even just small things like if I wash, do it, do a lot of washing. I put it away. Hmm. Um, you get it back out, and it's it smells, and it's not. Damn. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, Once you get it, it's hard to get rid of. These are. This is the laminate stuff or the malamine whatever it's called, mm -hmm. uh, in the kitchen where it's all started to peel off because Behind. of the high moisture yeah. uh, in the air that's just unsticking all the glue, mm -hmm. basically. Do you know um, your kitchen, Is it a, what, what does your kitchen look like? Your kitchen range, your exhaust? The exhaust in the kitchen. Yeah, um, you might not notice. I'm not sure. I did used to switch it on though. Um, and I'll show you. To try and get some of the moisture out of the air. Well, this is an example, that's the range. Yeah. That's just a, a canopy. And then you you have a duct going out. That's how it should be done. Mm. Well, on the other side of the kitchen would be the other person's apartment. Mm -hmm. So they, that would be a recirculating style, which is exactly what what, what, what you have, mm, okay. which I would argue is non-compliant. Well, well, even though that, well, not necessarily. I wouldn't call the standard actually leaves a gap there. Let's let's talk through that a second. This is um, you may I think you would have seen this. It's a bulletin from two thousand ten put out by the Building Commission, talking about this, this matter. Probably have this You've in seen here this. as well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So 3666 refers to moisture management within a building. Yeah. BCA yeah, 4-6 exactly refers right. to 
permanent openings, windows. So an architect would say, open a window or door to comply with your amenity. So pretty much it's not a closed-in box. You have the ability to open a balcony. Yeah. That's different, though. They confuse it with the ventilation standard. Yeah, because I think what I read somewhere was that it had to be no less than 5%, 5%. of the um, uh, natural ventilation. If 5% the of the floor area. Room. Yeah. 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 And then you can rely on borrow ventilation between based on the size of the opening to the balcony and the size of the rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's an amenity, though. That's the same as saying, okay, you need to design an office or a, a building with enough natural light. That's just saying it's a livable space. They're confusing that with, I've got a kitchen, I've got a shower, I've got a dryer, I need to exhaust them. I need makeup air for that exhaust to work. You don't go opening the balcony when you want that fan to run. They're two different things. 1668 clearly states you need to have a suitable form of makeup air. Unless they design it in a way that allows you to automatically open the, the balcony, which is, sounds silly, right? That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the only and way to comply. You need a manual. And specifically in the apartment I was in, the mm. balcony door isn't near where the showers and things are happening. So the two halves of the house, I'd say, yeah. is that one side, mm, that would not make any difference having a balcony door open anyway. Yeah. And those windows and things weren't big enough as well to sort of well, let it out. Now, well. do you want to give us your background? That was a great start. We'll, we'll keep going on that. Just give us, I think yeah. we met about a year ago now? Or? Yeah, I think it's been nearly a year. So I've only been in the apartment for like two and a half years. And, it's and you bought it off plan? Off the plan, brand yeah. new. So it's maybe been built for three years. I think we moved in maybe six months after it was being built because we were away overseas. And as soon as we got home, we moved straight in. Um, and I bought it off the plan and I was so excited because it's in Wembley. Same thing, like... <laughs> You know, we've I've lived in um, villas before and and stuff, and but yeah, we wanted I wanted something a bit more funky and something that could potentially be an investment in the future. So an apartment, way to go, one bedroom. It's a great location. Um, amazing great location. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> important. So much coffee everywhere, and close to the beach and close to the city, and yeah, it's just fantastic. And then yeah. um, during the time it was being built, I met my boyfriend and we got together. So then when it was finished being built, we decided to move in together and um, share the costs of the apartment. And yeah, it's great. It's perfect for two people. And um, really, like we've had such a great time there. And then I think maybe a year, so we moved in October and then um, mold started to become present not long, I reckon about six or so months after moving in. Okay. So, and we made friends with the neighbors because they're all around our age. Um, and the next door neighbor started getting mold first and they were the same one by one apartment, the exact same layout. And they got mold riddled through their whole walking room. And it was, yeah, it was really bad. I, I've actually got pictures and stuff that they've emailed. I saw me. their report. Yeah, I think yeah. I emailed them too. You did, yeah. Yeah, and then um, and then slowly it started appearing in our walking robe, and I had all these sand. So it's all this the same the similar material, but um, all these like they've got brick sandals were were they're all the ones that got mouldy. So mm. the it must have just been absorbed by the, the porous and the material or just something. Soaking it up. Yeah, just yeah. soaking it up, and it was kind of in the corner of my walking robe, and then that patch of carpet and everything started to get mouldy as well. So. Mm. Yeah, I had to throw all these um, shoes out, which cost a lot Expensive of money. Shoes. And they're from overseas, so you can't oh, really no. replace them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is not too bad. Pay for your flight to get a new. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> new shoe. Um, and because the walk-in robe is in between our bedroom, our bedroom has a balcony on the outside edge, and it goes walk-in robe, and then the bathroom and laundry sort of is on the other side. Yeah. So that's and, the walk-in um, robe through here. Yeah, attaching to the apartment. And so the bathroom, same thing, has got no, it's only got one little tiny fan in it. The dryer's in there, washing machine, shower, um, is all contained in there, no windows or anything that yeah. ventilates it. Um, and it has a constant smell of mold. Like, yeah. I'm, it, mm. it smells damp all the time. Even now, I just, I can't stand it. And the hallway it. does this. I noticed that immediately. Yeah, the hallway is. Have you heard awful. lots of complaints from the, the building owners? Just from that? No, not really. Because the, now that they've moved out, the people next door, the other people that we're friends with, we, they've moved out as well. Yeah. And um, we don't, don't really see that many people in the apartment. So oh, the hallway, it's right in. Yeah, it yeah. smells really bad. I and I ventilate the hallway myself. I don't know. There's like a door at the end of the hallway. Yeah. And the only way that we right can here. get air to go through our whole apartment is if we open the balcony doors which are on one end and the opposite end is our front door and in between there's no windows or anything so we open our front door to the hallway which is public yeah and then open the door in the hallway there's a is, door on the end here yeah the end of the hallway where it's you, meant to be like a fire or smoke door yeah and open that and we just leave that heavy. open just to get a bit of air through our apartment yeah. otherwise it's just stale and it smells and I, yeah, I did the same thing yeah. like in our little like foyer lobby or whatever you call oh, yeah. floor. Um, there's just a few windows, and I would like go open those yeah. up and things and try and yeah, and yeah. same thing the front door. Yeah, open that up a little bit to try and get that through and balcony doors. I'd leave all the windows open. Yeah, we never I shut them. Yeah, never shut them. Yeah, even during winter and things like yeah. that because you just. Just trying to get that air out. It's yeah. horrible. Do you notice time of year wise? Is it mostly winter? It's growing, or is it year round? Is it? Uh, I think is there it's a pattern? growing mainly in winter for yeah. us on the window sills, especially. But I've gotten rid of everything because, like I was saying earlier, we had plants. Like I had basil plants. I love cooking chili plants. Everything. Yeah. And they were riddled with mold, and no, mm. no matter where I put them, I think I've thrown about eight plants or something out. Mm. And now all my plants are at my mom's house, mm. and she like looks after them pretty much for me like they're my children or something yeah yeah that's interesting because yeah. plants so in a in a small little box a glass box i call it petri dish uh-huh what one thing that's interesting is there's i mean acoustic engineering drives design too so you're on cambridge street they design the balcony glazing so that there's mm. no annoyance yeah which is pretty good but... it's good but yeah if it's airtight then it becomes
were helpful in mm-hmm. some ways, in mm-hmm. other ways not as much. Yeah. Um, you know, and so sometimes they would do things like they would get people out yeah. for me. Um, they would try and look at the issue with concerning the leak side mm-hmm. of things, mostly to begin with, because yeah. we thought that was the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that coupled with the ventilation issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, made for a very bad sort of environment yeah. there. Um, yeah. But through even my own research as well as you know, hearing the information from the contractors and things was just like, it was just, you know, Lots a of mess gaps. of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got the leak coming through that they don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And you've got the ventilation that's not doing anything adequately, whether it's my apartment, other apartments, they're all the same. Yeah. They're not, but they're not having the issues that I was having. Do they play it off that you're just an isolated incident? Well, or are they? They, and I, I remember reading through Nadia's emails yeah. before we met, and I, she was really nice and professional, just <laughs> yeah, trying to get yeah. help. And yeah. I thought, wait a minute, she's not an engineer and architect. How does she know what to look for? You know, and the responses in that chain were not very helpful. No, no. Yeah. and it's not. And they I, don't really yeah, know either. I left though, it for a while too, because I started the path of fighting for it, and then I didn't hear anything, and then mm. I. You just get exhausted and over it, and I was just like, you know, what but as you're a consumer, though, you pay yeah, for that off plan. Yeah, it's not your requirement. So I guess the theme, the series, the, th- the series of this first year round of podcast and the Bob Network event is scope and accountability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for us, in our side of the, I think professional side, there's a lot of d- discussion around that. And I thought, how does that relate to you, to as end users and consumers? Like accountability is the biggest one that's standing out here. Mm-hmm. If you buy a pair of shoes that where the flat falls off, or mm-hmm. you go back to the store and you return it. Yeah, exactly. And then they say, okay, sorry, here's another one. Yeah. They're accountable for that transaction. Yeah. So in this space, you're not accountable, but someone else is. And who is? And from that chain, you have builders, architects, engineers. There's so many different people involved. It's very hard to, to identify who is, who's responsible ultimately is the developer. Mm-hmm. Who's ever paying the bills at the top. But uh, unfortunately, they're of the mode that they like to point down the line mm-hmm. and say, oh, who did this, who did that, instead of holding accountability up, like any captain of, or leader of any environment, and then say, okay, I'll take this on myself. Let's go and find out how to fix it mm-hmm. instead of pointing fingers. Yeah, and, you know, through the research... Because otherwise, you're, you're going to keep suffering. Absolutely. Through the research I was doing, you know, with the, the commission report, building commission report as yeah. well, and I was looking at and going, okay, well tracing it all the way back and going well at the very very beginning it was yeah. a design flaw yeah and the person who designed it really should have known better mm-hmm. yeah and should have done something from the, the that's the beginning. that's where the, there's a gap I met the yeah. building commission I've done a few presentations for them I brought this up it was amazing because they were very interested I, I just sent it out to meet with one guy there and then I show up and there's this room of 10 I'm like well I wasn't wow. expecting this <laughs> it's like a hot topic for them and yeah. And they gave us some advice on what we can do, but they don't have a lot of play. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the building commission. Yeah. You found that out as well, right? Yeah. They, they, they went down the path saying, if you have data independently produced, then you have something to work with. But they don't have the ability. And that, again, who's responsible, an architect or a mechanical engineer? I would argue a mechanical engineer and the architect are mutually responsible because yeah. they're too related. You know, reading openable windows, 5%, that's different to mechanical. Yeah. They're two separate things. Sure. There's a duty of care on both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had a job where I, I purposely said, I mean, on this detail here, because I'm, 
I had a job a few years back where I said, it wasn't the same detail, it was a different detail on the balcony. There's a brake vent here. And I said, and I'll buy architect, buy builder. And I gave them details. I said, this is what you need for this to be compliant as a system. Um, so I, I gave them drawings, I gave them examples. I said, okay, because the builder, the mechanical engineer, mechanical contractor won't be installing that. That's part of the, the balcony window frame. Mm -hmm. So if you think a tender document and a contract document, yeah. I wouldn't tell the mechanical contractor to install that. That's by the architect. Yeah. And then I found out later on that he said, oh, no, we don't do that. Or, you know, we, it was cost-driven. I'm like, what do you mean cost-driven? I told you to do that. That's your, I gave you that advice to make this system compliant, and you chose to be lazy. You know, at that point when it's built and they've... It's too late. It, you know, mm. yeah. And then yeah. Strata companies, you know, you're saying to them, look, this isn't, like, I'm not a professional, but mm. we know this is not compliant. Mm. What do we do? What's From ironic here? about this, mm. though, I can tell you, look at that. Um, I guarantee you're probably more informed than most engineers. <laughs> I'm serious. Or the consultants. <laughs> I, don't like the word, I don't like to call myself a consultant. Um, but yeah, the fundamentals are there. They're not that hard to understand, are they? Exactly. But the more you start looking into it, you realize yeah. it's not just an Australian issue. It's around the world as well. Sure, yeah. But in WA specifically, it is a big problem. Yeah. So Because of the DNC yeah. market and the boom. So the mining boom, what happened, there's lots of resources that went to, for the money. And then it leaves mm -hmm. a glut in yeah. our industry. And then when the market falls mining, they're like, oh, we need to get a job. And there's no consistency with training and education and mentoring. Yeah. So it's just anyone can start up a shop. Yeah. And so that cyclical economy is partly to blame as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's, yeah. And then also we talked about the certification and how you get a letter and then a certifier. They pushed private certification in 2010 where it used to be the councils would go through and act as the police. And they say, okay, let's review it. And they'd have very qualified people in council checking off every discipline, understanding enough about it to say what's right and wrong. The idea in 2010 going private was to fast track to try to promote development and wow. to make things more efficient yes. to avoid all the government holdups, which, you know, developers say this is all annoying, but those are all uh, barriers needed at the time. I think it should go For back sure, to that. Because, yeah, like how some of these things were certified to begin with, you're like, you know, how certification is just a, it's not worth anything. Like, There's no accountability to the paper. Yeah, which exactly. makes sense with, right. with what you've just said. You yeah. know, to me, but at the time, looking through it, I was like, how did someone say, yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is a good idea. Like, yeah. And it was had the stamp of approval. Because well, this, quite clearly... It, that's it why the theme okay. of this, and with Bob, it's about knowledge sharing and perspective. Because not everyone is at fault. There's no one at fault. It's just no one knows. Mm. Because there's so many people involved in a job and they have their own skill. Um, everyone's trying no one can be a jack of all trades all right but yeah by, by being able to to share knowledge with each other that improves design and, and taking end user feedback to that improves it even more mm -hmm. by far more than any engineer can provide on the job yeah. you know that's even down to in, energy efficiency and system design and set point design and air condition um, it's always overlooked but you, I always look at everyone's play in the game. Like an architect is out there promoting their their image, and that's how they win work. They think based on projecting their themselves onto that building. Um, they don't really look at what's inside and the nitty gritty of it because that's not how they're they're marketing themselves, is it? And it's the same with the engineers. Everyone's trying to keep the peace, 
um, without holding each other accountable for, for saving face, mm-hmm. which I think is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's if you do the right thing and you keep doing good work, you're going to get more work. Mm-hmm. That's how the economy yeah, exactly. works. That's how any normal economy works. <laughs> exactly. But because when people are walking away from it and not being held accountable, yeah. there's a difference between pointing fingers and saying mm-hmm. you should have done that correctly instead of teaching them and saying next time. There needs to be some repercussion. Mm, for sure. Um, it's not only ventilation. There's other elements to buildings that, that there is no accountability and feedback. So those that do, I mean, the engineers that have done this, they, they, they probably have no idea. And they're, gonna, they're still doing these designs today because no one's slapping their hands saying you shouldn't be doing that or that's not right. Yeah. And that's where there's a huge problem here. But um, I want, I'll let you guys keep, I'll, I'll stop talking here. <laughs> but this 1668, 2012 standard, yeah. and this was written in the 1998 version as well, so, or the 2001 version, so nothing's changed. It says section 3.8, replenishment of exhaust air. Air exhausted from enclosures shall be replenished by outdoor air transfer air or by makeup air of an acceptable quality from an adjacent enclosure. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said with your building, it would be from the hallway. There's ways to fix that or the balcony. That's that's a transfer grill. It's acoustic rated. Mm -hmm. That could have been implemented to your balcony had it been done day one. But now obviously way too hard. But this this is where the problem came from. So you would hear about energy efficiency and mm-hmm. they're trying to raise the bar to improve um, insulation and glazing of buildings and ceiling. In their mind, thinking it, to make it more energy efficient. But what does that mean? If you make it more airtight, mm-hmm. you're then avoiding the, the makeup solution. And I've had friends that worked on our apartment and I know for a fact that they got rushed. They were like, we are just getting pumped mm. just to get it done in time because you know, things get delayed, and you know, there's always something in the way or something. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. like, yeah, we just slapped it together, pretty much, with the role that he was doing. Yeah. I know with um, the apartment that I was living in, um, a lot of waterproofing didn't get done. Oh, wow. So I know yeah. that we've had um, people come back in and have to basically rip up the ground floor and, oh, and waterproof it. And oh, what we no. found with the master builder that came out last year was that none of the balconies were waterproof That's either. been a big issue. Oh, so, and the way they're sloped as well. Yeah, it's yeah. a massive issue. When you think of water yeah. and the water ingress, it, mm. you know, water just finds its path. It just... Yeah, it'll hug the... It'll just yeah. come in wherever it can and just mm-hmm. find its path all the way in yeah. to wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that's so important and something so, I think, easily done to mm. avoid so many of the issues because, like, I do... I have the leak in the apartment still, um, for four years, probably more, because in the Strato notes they did find even details of it back in 2013 mm. that we weren't made aware of when we purchased the place. Mm. Um, but I'm not the only apartment that's had leaks. Mm. Um, currently, I know of one that's been fixed at the moment or trying to be fixed at the moment. Another one uh, that's on the same uh, side, the same sort of the same apartment plan as mine, uh, just on a lower level, I think level one, mm-hmm. um, and two levels below me as well, had issues in the same bedroom as mine, mm-hmm. and two, I le- two levels above, in level eight, had a, a leak in the same wall as my wall, but when I asked Strata, like, has anybody else had issues like this, like, no, you're the only one, Yeah. and then the I same. sort of find out that yeah. there's four in the same, you know, that's yeah. 50% yep. on the, in the same 
Right, they might not be in the same spot, yeah. or they might not be presenting in the same way, but that's, that's still terrible. something that, you know, should have been looked at, or there's a connection there, or yeah. at least they, they could be. Why can't they just be honest and say, <laughs> yeah, the only actually, one. we're, yeah. yeah. It's not the case. It's, it's the same with us. I was in one of the other apartments, and <laughs> yeah. what's his name did say that, oh, there's only a couple incidents, and I, I told him. If you do a study, they're all the same. There's no variables here. They're all the so, same. So how can so we be the only yeah. You'd be pretty lucky to it's, say three out of 60. And there's two floors that are designed exactly like ours, I think. Yeah. But they're all the same facing south, maybe deep balconies. 20 old apartments. Yeah. Oh, maybe a little bit less, maybe 15. They're designed exactly the same. Yeah. But this is where it goes. Some are more, um, some don't notice. They don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. That the quality is, is not as, it's not a great amenity. Yeah. Just the way they live or however, it's just not seen. I know um, from having sat in the AGM last year yeah. that um, one of the apartments um, within that building every single year says something about the ventilation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, same person, the same apartment, and they pretty much just go, Oh yeah, we just need to note this down again because he's, you know, still saying sure. ventilation's an issue, um, and whatever. So you know, there's someone even there and in a different apartment that's going. You know, they're noticing the ventilation, and mm-hmm. that's not any different to any of the apartments in no. there. Everyone's just sort of set out quite the same um, and having the same sort of issues because we just can't, you can't extract that sort of moisture and, you know, expel it from the building. Mm-hmm. The way that it's set up. So it's with your dehumidifier, you're plugging that in, right? You have to pay to run it. Yeah, exactly. How much is that cost? Um, the the bills did go up. I can't sort of put a. I can't. Quite but it's just the fact that you have to yeah. do it. That shouldn't and, be a cost. Um, I also had to uh, put in an air purifier as well mm-hmm. into my bedroom, um, just to sort of make sure that I was breathing in some clean air, or at least trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, so those costs do obviously. You go both want to talk about your health issues from. <laughs> I, I think I mean, I don't, we've only just met today. Like Anton's yeah. given me a bit of a background, but he said you've had four years of, and Nadia's had a couple of years of issues yeah. of struggles with sinus infections. Sinus, yeah, yeah, and I used to get them a lot when I was younger, and I had surgery, and then it's been fine. Yeah, and yeah, in the last couple of years, it's come back, and oh, I've had no. sinus infections, and yeah, just like. I th- I think like just the smell of the mold like just irritates my sinuses. Yeah. Because it's you, you can smell it as soon as you walk into the bathroom. You can smell it. Yeah. Pretty much, but yeah. Well, I, I had bronchitis when I was in college, and I'm more susceptible to it now. My daughter had bronchiolitis. Mm-hmm. They're more susceptible as you get older. Mm-hmm. So you would be more. Yeah, and plus with my um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, because it's an autoimmune disease, um, you have to get rid of all chemicals and anything that's inflammatory. As well, so like I like I, I cut out foods like gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol for for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any chemicals in the apartment whatsoever. We've just got like bleach in case we have to use it. Like at the very very like about, we don't use any chemicals because that's all inflammatory to your body. And then, yeah. But then now I'm living in mold, so it's yeah yeah. What's that? Yeah. You don't know what that's doing. And I went to the doctors to get um tests and that and I was going to get the shoes tested and everything but it was going to cost a lot of money and I just yeah I just can. left it yeah and now that I'm pregnant I'm very wary of the mold being present and I'm always like cleaning and scrubbing everything and so you're moving out 
Yeah, we're moving out in a couple of weeks. So how's this yeah. impacting your life? You have to go, you're moving in with your, your with dad? With my dad, yeah. You, to move in with my through dad. Through the pregnancy you're due in August? Or you're doing? I'm doing end of August. End of August, yeah. So we've actually got our engagement party this weekend. Oh, so okay. we cool. were going to move out earlier, but there's a lot to do with that. So we'll get the engagement party over and done with. Um, and then the next couple of weeks we're going to move out, moving to my dad's. Um, save some money and then we're going to try look for something hopefully and we would prefer to not have the baby in my dad's house and mm. you know we could do it in the apartment like it's very doable I've got friends that have had babies in one bedroom apartments before um, and it, apparently it's quite easy until they get to about six months yeah that's about so that's yeah, about, yeah before they start <laughs> moving around a bit more yeah um, but yeah we're just not going to even do it we're no. just going to get straight out and yeah, yeah. you're concerned with the health of the space. Yeah, definitely. I don't want a baby in that apart like in that. Well, when you're at that, when you yeah. deliver, you're more sensitive to everything as well. Once yeah, you actually like deliver, the smell is insane. You'll be you'll, you'll have heightened sensitivity. Yeah, which might, makes you more yeah more nauseous. Yeah, yeah, it's awful the yeah. smell of it. And we sleep with our um, bedroom door open, which is close to Cambridge Street. So I'm just thinking, well, it's either mold or pollution. Like we. Yeah. You know, we can't yeah. just shut it off and get like a nice airflow because that's true. We like it's so enclosed, it, it smells like when you sleep in a room and it's just all boxed in, and it just starts to kind of yeah. not smell very nice and you feel like you're suffocating you a little do. bit. Yeah. yeah, even when um, you know, I go out for a couple of hours and go back into the apartment, mm. you're just overwhelmed by it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it hits you. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, sympathize with. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. just annoying because it's something, like I saved a lot of money to get this apartment. Mm. and I sold It wasn't them. cheap. No, it's not cheap. And um, I sold a house beforehand and kept all that money and invested it into this apartment thinking, oh, it's you know, a great location and yeah. I'm going to make money off it one day. And now I just want to get out of there. I mm. just don't even want to be in there. I, I, I could I would sell it if I could at the moment but the market's a little bit slow but, yeah but then at the same time I'm just going to pass on the problems oh, yeah that's true and yeah. that's like in my conscience that's Makes not very feel. nice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't really live with that but this was your second investment then third, third I've, yeah. yeah I've had three I've had two a townhouse a villa and now an apartment so yeah yeah, we've um, I've got an Italian mum, so her oh, okay. save and buy houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, save, save, save. So, which is yeah. good, but yeah, now it's just a shame. Like it just we it's uh, just it, a same with my partner. Just... We're just over it. We're just the the house that we were so excited to move into. We just mm. don't care about it anymore. Yeah. And it's so much money. It's, well, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't leave a good taste. You know. No, yeah. and the build and even little things like um. You know, after like you give it a year, and then the builder comes and fixes bits and pieces, mm -hmm. just to get those things. Like he fixed a hook on the back of my bathroom door that kept kept falling off, mm. and he came in the other day, and I was like, "Oh, the hook fell off again." He goes, "Oh, it's been two years. It's oh, not it's my past job. The defects, it's not no. my job anymore." Oh, jeez. But he was the one that made it fault. Like he fixed it, and it didn't work. And then I've noticed water coming in through the shower, mm -hmm. which is scaring me now as well but they patched it up because i noticed it after the year and that's starting to come through again and so okay. i think they just don't want to hear about it anymore and now that there's mold and water coming through so they're no longer liable then well that's what he says but yeah no i think it's at least seven years 
Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's something yeah. that you've reported in the yeah. one year as well. It's not like I'm reporting it now after... And it hasn't been resolved yet. No, it's still a defect. It's still a defect. I think as well, like, yeah, the defect has that sort of that time limit or something. But mm. if it was, you can sort of prove that it was some sort of design or something yeah. before that. It uh-huh. wasn't something that just went wrong. It was something yeah. that could have been known to It was be always done. in yeah. place, so then it's still, you're still yeah, exposed to it. Yeah, because yeah. it's been reported. Absolutely. And same with the mould, that all got reported and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, oh. yeah. <laughs> I just can't tell you how many things yeah. have fallen apart in this uh, apartment. Like, mm. literally everything uh, to the, you know, the little doorstep. Water can destroy anything. Yeah, it, it does. Everything has you know i've had the toilet roll you know the toilet paper roll Mm -hmm. fall off it's affected us and whatever but the impact that it's had on us also impacts society and things like that what we're able to do and how we're able to contribute and Mm -hmm. things like that because we can't earn Mm -hmm. money you know we're then not putting money back into the economy like it just it's i mean that's quite well ironically you're studying (laughs) public health yeah yeah you're you're, you're working your your butt off you need every every energy you can get to get through uni so this is actually mm-hmm. prohibiting you from, you know, it's slowing you down a bit. Mm-hmm. It would be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To then go yeah. and contribute back because, to the... Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the, the public things around, that were going on as well, even just like um, neuropsychiatric symptoms like brain fog and anxiety mm-hmm. and limited mm-hmm. attention span and mm-hmm. migraines. I actually woke up with a migraine this morning, but oh, we're good now. <laughs> but um, uh, fainting, dizziness, lethargy, like it's all things like that. Even my vision's worsening. You know, people usually get um, eye tests uh, once every two years. Yeah. I'm doing every uh, once every six months. And you're paying been, for uni. And then how much in medical bills? Is your insurance covering all this? Or are you having no, there's, to um, fork out there's a lot quite more? A bit. Like, I'm fortu- fortunately, I do have um, health insurance, yeah. um, which does help. But obviously, it doesn't cover everything. Um, so a lot of medications and things like that, um, you know. Well, it's not even that. It's the time factor too. You have to go to these appointments. Yeah. Well, last year I was going, I finished my Bachelor of Youth Work at the end of 2017 and I was accepted into a Master of Social Work um, course the year after, so beginning of 2018. Um, but the way the course was structured, and they, you, know, you need to do full-time prac for three months, one in first year and then again in second year. Um, and there was no sort of like leeway on on that. Um, you had to start it on this day, you had to finish it on that day. And I, you know, physically wasn't able to do that, um, as well as needing to have all of these appointments that I go to. Because if you back here, I have like regular GP visits. Um, I would see, I had um, oh, like a naturopath, nutritionist, mm-hmm. massage appointments. Um, mm-hmm. Psychi- uh, psychiatrist appointments as well because you know that sort of impact of living with chronic pain is yeah, horrible yeah um you know i had oh more of a list there yeah, pain specialist exercise physiologist psychologist mm. uh physiotherapist like all of these different people all obviously costing different amounts of mm-hmm. money each time you see them um, then having well to, ex- the time communicate to, to all those professionals as well repeating yeah, your story over exactly. and over again so they know yeah the full picture that would be yeah tough. so you go and see the pain specialist for example and he would look at sort of some areas and then make suggestions that would then go back to the gp and then there and then you talk to the psychiatrist about what's going on here and it's just yeah there's a lot of things that go on and mm. at one point you know i just was so 
down about everything because I had lost my masters because I was trying to do the social yeah. work yeah. Um, because that was just a natural sort of progression on from youth work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm very uh, grateful I've got a master of public health this year. I think that's a fantastic way to go, and I'm really excited about it, it and loving it is. at the moment. Yeah. But um, you know, at the time when I I thought I'd lost uni, I'd lost so much stuff, and I was just I was really down. You know, I still have insomnia. From all of this, I can't. Can I ask how old you are now? It's just I'm twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, not a year. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Mm. Yeah, so you know. You're in the prime of your life. And you should be. Yeah, and it's very disappointing when you think about the amount of time I lost just to being in pain. Mm. You know, going to these appointments and things, especially before we sort of had that link that the mold could actually be not just exacerbating some things, but causing a lot of them. Because I thought, you know sure it could be what the doctors are saying it could be you know something that my body's just not as well as it could be because of things that i've gone through in the past because mm-hmm. i was quite malnourished and things in the past so i thought okay that sort of makes sense to me but mm-hmm. having you know been out of the apartment now for uh about a month I, i've had to go back there quite regularly um to do a lot of things there but i even noticed just like with the dermatitis on my head mm-hmm. it was just about cleared up mm. after being out of there for, for a couple of weeks. That's so obvious. Yeah. And I went wow. in for a couple of hours into the apartment over two days, so maybe four hours one day, three hours the next, and I noticed all these like um, lesions had popped back up on my Jeez. head, and I was like, oh my god. You had this no. as well though, when you were, like how quickly do you notice? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it varies with a, with a few things. Yeah, um, and the weather and stuff as well. Like obviously, it exacerbates the mold. Mm. Yeah, 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 but definitely um, you can tell. Yeah, oh. I mean, I've not had any. Oh um, Where are you living now? I've just moved into a, a little a share house in Life Lane. In Life Lane. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so a bit of. Bit I'm working on the different. Eagles' new headquarters there. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's just not far from there. Not far from there. It's just yeah. Um, a nice little area there, which is which is good, but um, that could only happen um, because you know, with the you know coming up to winter again, mm. where it gets a lot worse. So I'm a bit yeah. better in summer, a lot worse in winter. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I think we'll we will sort of see the full effects over winter so when we have this next winter i'll be able to make more of a comparison yes yeah. and be yeah. able to see you as just well how yeah. you'll be out of there i'll be out too yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i mean i mean ironically <laughs> the older houses that are they're they you know they they leak like a sieve so they technically it was never a problem yeah so wherever you're renting or your dad's place i'm assuming it's going to be of like that, that yeah. older spec now we're creating we're creating a problem by trying to improve the air tightness yeah you see it's kind of a crazy yeah and that just makes me think our apartment's only two years old imagine mm. in 10 years time what it's going to be like yeah and people living yeah there. think of how many apartments in the last 10 years have gone up yeah i guarantee 90 percent of them have been done the same way yeah absolutely it's and i um because i've had so many contractors come in mm-hmm. to do various things um you'll see in some of these pictures where they've had to they say, oh, this is nothing abnormal yeah. right well mm-hmm. you know <laughs> When I sort of said to these guys, when they come in, they're like, um, you know, looking at it and going, oh, I'll go to patch this up and we'll get it all good for you now yeah. and stuff. And I, I'm, I say to them, I'm like, you'll be back here in a few months mm. doing it again because it's not, nothing's been done to actually yeah. fix it and stuff. And then when you even just 
brought that awareness to them, I say to them, you know, a bit about, I don't go through all of this and be like, I've seen all these people and things, yeah. but I give them a bit of a backstory and I'm like, I've been so sick because of this place. Yeah. Just not able to do so many things and I'm so like in such a bad place because of mm. here and you bring that awareness to them, they go, oh, really, that's quite interesting. I've had one guy that then went away, you know, for a couple of months, he came back to do something again. He's like, oh, mm. back again, Emma. And I'm like, yeah. There's a lack of empathy there. Yeah. yeah. But he was like, he goes, wow, since then, since I saw you last, the amount of people that I've now realized are getting sick from their buildings, he's mm. like, it's happening everywhere. I know. Wow. He's it's like, only people the are starting to realize now what's happening. Mm. Um, you know, making those connections and, and testing them out, leaving the place for a little bit if they can and, and whatever. I actually went to hospital last year for about three weeks, um, partly because of the apartment. Um, actually, <laughs> mostly because of the apartment. I wasn't sleeping um, and I was just really, you know, in a, in a bad way because yeah. of it. And I left and didn't have um, a headache three weeks straight and I could not believe it yeah I was just like what is happening and I was just like two when I was having constant headaches like headaches that would last for four days straight that couldn't you couldn't get rid of them Mm. just little things like that that you then realize and go wow that's actually it's connected that's quite significant for three weeks and just realize how much better Mm. that actually it's pretty obvious that feels but but people are you know because it took so long for us to even realize it was causing things yeah, exactly. but you know for so other it, people who are starting to realize wow. yeah my theory again is end yeah. user occupation focus on myself or my kids or my if i was going to be occupying this building or office how mm. would i want it to be yeah yeah and then i, re- I went i was in the building you were in and i remember being in the lift heading out and and we live in a very well, our industry is quite i wouldn't say it's cutthroat but empathy is missing at every level. Oh, 100%. And I remember them kind of, not snarky, but little comments about, oh, yeah, I was getting whingy. And compl- not, not, it wasn't about you. Yeah, yeah. It was just hearing all the defects and how we yeah. have to deal with. I'm like, no. Try to translate that to your, yeah. translate it to your industry. Yeah. I, I don't know if your parents have ran a restaurant or they do catering. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you go to a nice restaurant, you order a meal, and it's not right, then what happens? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You give it back. Like you, yeah. You've had that. Your parents have probably. Yeah, yeah. So we, quality is number one for yeah, what? Yeah, it's like, it's So if you get like a business. bad dish, what, what happens? Yeah, exactly. We won't have any business. Yeah. No one would come back. No, but the point We've is, got, if, if there's a bad, something goes out that you produce and, you know, it's out of your control, there's something not right, then mm-hmm. what, is your, what do you and your parents do? We've researched just, well, we go back to see if there is a problem and fix the problem yeah. and make sure that never happens ever again. You apologize, you say sorry, yeah. but, you know. And then yeah, you, and you just never make sure that never happens ever again because you don't want to have people compromise their food or their, because um, you enjoy a meal, if they don't enjoy the meal or anything like that. Cause yeah. in because word will get out. Exactly, yeah. And we're we're just one of the small players. We're not even one of the big guys at the airport. There's a lot of bigger companies out there. And that's that's how we built our business. But it's not even that. It's pride, is, though, too. Yeah. It's a pride in what you do. Yeah. You know, He's I'm sorry. always said that to us. That's a hundred, like, your quality is number one. The equivalent for this story would be just just live with it, whatever. It, it yeah. is what it is. And that's not. And to that in the food industry, you couldn't, get, you couldn't yeah. get away with that. 
and just morally, how can you be like that and just be like, oh, just deal with it? Yeah, like, just, oh, yeah. I didn't put the cheese in there. I could never there. live with that, it's like <laughs> saying that to somebody ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, the equivalent in the kitchen, what would it be? It would be, because um, this is, you know, the, 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 the chef's cooking the steak mm-hmm. and the other guy here is making the dessert and the salad and mm-hmm. maybe the steak's undercooked and the, the guy mm-hmm. that hands the dish out says, oh, I didn't cook that. Yeah. That's that guy. So yeah. he just walks away. He's yeah. not accountable. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, instead of going back to the kitchen saying, okay, guys, yeah. as a team, let's, what did we do? Can we, how can we fix let's it? Let's figure it out yeah. and then fix it. Yeah. That's exactly. crazy to me. Yeah, same, same to me as well. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay, so, go ahead. No, go, keep just, talking. Um, I was just flicking back through to sort of um, have a look at something that I, because at the last AGM, um, they the strata that I because they're the only people that I could really talk to about trying to get something fixed from this point on because obviously we can't like go back in time and and fix those issues. It's something we need to sort of patch up and whatever now. And I thought by by going to them that was sort of their responsibility. I felt um, to sort of do something about it from there. Um, but they sort of said to me, and they have been helpful in some ways, like I said before, in other ways not as much, but um, they said to me, look, it's not really our responsibility. Who said that? Um, Strata. Strata, They said yeah. it's not within what we do because we take mm-hmm. care of the, um, the like general spaces and things like that. We don't look after this sort of thing. But the issue was stemming from somewhere up above mm-hmm. and it was likely to be a roof or somebody else's apartment mm-hmm. so it was like then who whose issue is it mm-hmm. from then but um one of the emails I, I got back from them um oh they said to me at the agm last year they said they looked up just to look at all the emails that i'd sent and there were roughly 400 emails or something oh it might have been 800 or something like that it was a, a crazy amount just to yeah. show how often i'd been like going back and being like Jeez, help yeah. me with this but yeah help help one of them was like um I can confirm this is now my six, 65th working hour on this particular issue since I started collating the time I've been working on this. And my response to that was sort of like, um, you know, the amount of hours that I had personally lost, the amount of um, money that we had lost as well from the place and health issues and, and all of that sort of stuff, mm. you know. Um, it, yeah, it's um, it's it's disappointing when you go back to the person you think is going to help you, and mm. they sort of say, "Well, I've been doing this for sixty-five hours. Like, mm. yeah, I, I've spent so much time on this and, yeah. and whatever." And you're like, "They don't know how much effort you put in." Like, uh, it's yeah, I can't find the actual point where I was I actually. <laughs> Like I've realised this is a frustrating issue and I've lost 65 hours to this, but I've lost approximately 30,576 hours to this. Mm-hmm. I've also lost my job and I've lost my friends and my social life. I've lost roughly $80,000 in income from mm-hmm. the job that I lost. Mm-hmm. I've lost my master's degree. I've lost my well-being. I've lost my fitness. I've lost my ability to concentrate properly. I've lost my dance classes. I've Jeez. lost my healthy body. I've lost my ability to physically stand up and walk some days. I've lost the ability to leave my house on days. I've lost the ability to sleep without medication. I haven't slept unmedicated for maybe two and a half years. Oh, yeah. um, I've lost my healthy hair and skin. I've lost my happiness. And at times, I've lost my will to live. Oh, no. And then I sort of went on to say, 
what I had gained, yeah. which was illnesses, fatigue, mm. medical expenses, fear for my life, mm. medical tests, treatments, medication, stress, mm. anxiety, oh, depression, tears, so much sadness, mm. so much pain, mm. so, so, so much pain, mm -hmm. headaches, nausea, vomiting, chest pains, fainting, dizziness, muscle weakness, sore, dry, irritated throat, breathing difficulties, trembling legs, shaking hands, sinus issues, dry, itchy skin, dermatitis on my scalp, sleepless nights, frustration, hospital stays, ambulance rides, uh, ambulance rides, false hope and an uncertain future. By telling me this has cost $10,500 and 65 hours of your time, realise you are comparing that to a human life. Mm. Yeah. It's my life. You can't yeah. put a dollar to no. that. It's not, yeah. You know. Good on you for saying <laughs> that to them as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's disappointing when you try so hard to, mm. you know, get something fixed in your life, whether it's <laughs> something like a meal mm -hmm. that you want, you mm -hmm. just want a nice meal and whatever and something as massive as your own personal life and mm -hmm. well-being and things it's um it's just it's well, thanks it's for sharing that yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. i think this is where we're going to write the ship and yes. i told nadia yeah. i'm motivated to help where i can I'm, as an engineer i don't really know my space but we're gonna we're gonna use this i think you're gonna make a bigger impact than than mm -hmm. you than you know at this point yeah i think so and, and we're, i'm gonna help you do that Thank so we, through our contacts and connections and what, what I'm trying to grow with Nadia's I mean this is all all of us have been connected for a reason yeah like when I got a call from the architect I wasn't I had no idea what was I was just going to go look at this and I thought wait a minute this isn't right mm -hmm. you know and, and then meeting you that wasn't by chance it's mm -hmm. so I think for all the suffering you've you've gone through it's you can never fix that you're still going to live with that but you're going to do a lot of good Mm -hmm. so, so I really hope so. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll even despite... Turn it into a positive <laughs> yeah. long term, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be easy. We need it's a bit. Not, yeah. You know, even in the times when I was really, really suffering at, at the worst, um, still trying to document and still trying to put something together and still trying to make a difference, not just for myself, but for other people. Yeah. Um, that's why when this opportunity came up I was like absolutely I'll have you heard that. of the wellness institute no it's it's so in our space you've heard of green star and in overseas and lead pretty much design that's sustainable design there's a there's a now a push towards wellness design mm. uh, which is really it's getting a lot of momentum more in the US and you in Europe which is focusing more on end user occupation and, and health and amenity so it, it's actually striking the right time Perfect. Architects, interior designers, engineers—it's—it's going to come become more the rave uh, instead of just looking at a building face value. Mm -hmm. Like my theory, we live in a building; we don't care what it looks like. It's um—it's definitely been a very difficult journey. Yeah, but look at how well—you—you've <laughs> probably um, <laughs> you can, no one can see this one. I'll put a photo up of. On the podcast. Of the binder. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. amount of work you put into this. It's um, Yeah, and I just... Uh, but Nadia, as well, you've done the same. Like, you've had to 
Yeah. Go out and look at scientific reports and yeah, well, I was ask questions. emailed a scientific yeah. report that they yeah, did on that. the next door neighbour. And <laughs> even in the scientific report, it said that the oh, ventilation yeah. isn't adequate. Yeah. Yeah, and they What do you need? What else it. do they need? They're like, oh, you've got to open the door when you turn on the dryer. Okay. But then you, I always look at, <laughs> yeah, cool. you have to look at perspective and yeah. you know, account of, for the developer in this case, the, they don't know the fundamentals, so that it's very hard for them to try to, to point to the problem when there's so many moving parts. Yeah. But if it was designed right in the first place, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's just so crazy. Why would you do something that in the future is going to be wrong and it's going to cost you more money? Why wouldn't you just do it right in the first place? Yeah, yeah. You'd save so much more money. and they. I think they cut corners now to save money because it's. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's all just money related. They just want to make quick dollar and they don't want to put the extra money in to yeah. put the. Because you said our air conditioners are yeah, not even that good. Yeah, Malaysian product. Yeah, like cheap air conditioners <laughs> oh, and stuff. And the ventilation doesn't even do anything. This is an interesting connection though. It's because yeah. I looked at qualifications and our industry. It is our industry that's partly to blame for it. Mm -hmm. But. When Donald Trump won the presidency, mm -hmm. I was here and Jeremy, one of our grads, was here from UWA. We were listening in on it and like I was completely shocked with, with what was going on as the votes were coming in. Mm. And when he won, my first instinct was, holy cow, we have a developer as president. Yeah. <laughs> and that, because I work, you know, I'm in the space. It's not a knock on them, but I know how how they think yeah. and how they operate and how the business is run. Mm -hmm. But it was that and also the fact that he's never been in public office, he's never held a position mm -hmm. to work for the public. Mm -hmm. He wasn't qualified. All right? The qualification wasn't there. So it's a societal thing now where everyone can like go to Google and say, oh, it's more, there's more competition than ever. Everyone, because Google's there, everyone assumes they know what they're doing. It's, the fees are being forced down. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not spending due diligence and time to get the right qualified people involved because there's these other cheaper prices here. Mm -hmm. And then she'll be right. He can do it. She can do it. My mate, he, he's all right. Mm -hmm. They're not spending enough time qualifying. Yeah. And that's what happened here. Yeah. And the way they set up the contract, well, if you look at all the gaps, you can see it was going to go down that path. Yeah. If you give the builder full design, well, what do you expect? Mm -hmm. He wants to make money. Exactly. It's not his fault. It's money. You set him up for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the accountability needs to go back to the decision maker in the briefing because mm -hmm. lives are suffering if it's not done properly. Mm -hmm. And it's not only like this is, I, I've seen designs that are, they go out and they're done, but they're compromised from the start as well. Mm -hmm. There's an age care I, I brought up in the last, last podcast where um, I'll do a case study on that, where we saw the design from the consultant. We didn't agree with it. It wasn't right. It, it had some similar issues to this. Very similar. And we were engaged by the, the mechanical contractor, and we start pushing our design, which is the right way. Mm -hmm. And we did it in a cost-effective way, but because of the saving face with the consultant and the builder, they told us, oh, sorry, we're going to proceed with the current. Because mm -hmm. it was too late, and they're too confused, and they didn't want to spend more money. And my mm -hmm. thought was, no, the aged care, the, they're not patients, they're voluntary aged care. Mm -hmm. Well, who can, are you thinking about them? And I, I'm going to get this out there, too, because I'm still pissed off by it, but the builder, the, the consultant, I called the director of the consultant. I said, do you, do you realize what, you, what you're doing here? They put a, I put a report, a brief together for the design. It goes to them, and he replies back, does not work. 
these very generic high-level comments that no one else could understand, but I know he's incompetent, mm -hmm. this guy. He's a complete, like I won't say it on air, but mm -hmm. it just, and I called her, I said, do you realize, do you know his skill set? Do you know what he can do? Because I don't think he knows this, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me, it's about the, the aged care patients. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a compromised building, and it's mm -hmm. happening now. Cohort of people, are and they're not like, accountable. They're at a higher risk of yeah. you know, so many yeah. other health conditions. I know. That, that sort of environment well, is just so you know, like a two pipe VRV system would be you have the ability. This is a different building, but mm -hmm. the aged care they're they're not standalone strata units. It's all one big body ownership group. Mm -hmm. Right. So like one wing would be a fire wing or smoke zone. So say all that facing south, each one of those aged care would be on the same two-pipe air conditioning system. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So they have, uh, they have a cassette in the middle of the room, and I can talk for, about this one for hours, I won't, but, and then they're all tied into a two-pipe. So what it means is that they can only either have heating or cooling as an entire system. Oh gosh. All right, they can't. So I went in with the three-pipe, because aged care, they have different sensitivities to hot and cold. Yeah. So one can be hot, one can be cold, they can change. But you're saying that you're gonna only have one or the other. So, you know, summer, winter, you could probably argue, yeah, whatever. In the shoulder seasons, you're going to get a mix. You're going to get some elderly that want it cool, some want it warm. And you're telling them they can't have that. Oh, that is that just, just, just torture. That's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's first world country and it's just... It should be. Yeah, exactly. That just blows my mind. It's, well, yeah, that was, it's, it's very disappointing to hear. So one theme I've done for the podcast is always finish with the positive, like a human, it's called the human moment. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll start, like I have a couple, and one I just did earlier. We went to Moore River on the weekend with my daughter, and they we went up Friday. It's the first time camping in a tent just to see how she'd like it. Yeah, cute. Oh, nice. She's seven years old. And it was great. We had a great time, and, you know, just drinking beer every, so just drinking all day. Just yeah. like, like really slow, a beer. Relax, yeah. Just relaxing. Um, I went for a long kayak. I took the kids out on the kayak. We we didn't sleep well the first night because there was this group partying up till one o'clock at night, <laughs> right right across from us. And uh, yeah. Both of us kept. I kept going to the toilet every half an hour. She kept going. And anyway, we didn't get a good sleep. And the next day, we decided to uh, come back, luckily, to get a good rest. And before coming to this podcast, I was at the coffee shop, uh -huh. and I I grabbed a bottle of water. You know, you know, they get the water with the cups. Yeah. And I literally was so, I was just like, I started, I grabbed it like I was drinking out of a beer bottle. Oh, <laughs> It's like I was on camping mode. This is a, that's a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then even at the campsite, I was, the last three years, well, the first year I paid for a kayak. Last year, a friend, Mark, he brought his and I borrowed it. Mm -hmm. And then this time, I'm like, uh, I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth. And I was talking to this guy, Eric, and I said, yeah, I'm going to go rent a kayak. And he says, oh, I have one. You can borrow mine. Mm. So I said, okay, perfect. <laughs> I took it out for a couple hours. I took the kids out. And that just, that's happened the last couple of years where I just, it just tends to happen. Yeah. And that's my moment of peace every single year mm -hmm. to go out up Moore River, mm -hmm. just get away from it for a couple hours, come back. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it no matter what. That's my highlight of, of the year. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a coincidence I got a free kayak out of it and then it came back a bit late and he was like where the hell have you where have you not, <laughs> he was getting a bit worried where are you at mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that was my human moment just somebody helping me out and, mm -hmm. 
Do you have any um, that come to mind? Or anything that's happened of late? Yeah, there's so many. I was I love moments yeah. like that, and I just like thrive yeah. off them. Um, yeah. I had an Uber driver actually a couple of days ago, and he took me to work, and I was just you know he asked them where they're from and and everything, and he was actually he inspired me. I started my day so nicely after I spoke to him because you you know you live in your little bubble and you know you just live life every day. But he came over from India, got to Perth, had nowhere to go. He like reckons he was in the airport crying, and um because he just wanted to leave India and start a new mm-hmm. life in Australia. Cause, yeah. yeah, and then he was sitting there crying. And then his dad got hold of someone that got a hold of someone that took him into the house and looked after him and gave him shelter and somewhere to live. And now he, um, fast forward six years, he works two or three jobs at the moment, like Uber driving and he works at McDonald's and there was something else and his wife as well, she's working a couple of jobs and they don't have much money and they're, they're saving to buy a house. But now he lets uni students stay in his house for free just so he can look after them to repay the favour. Oh, that's cool. Because he was looked after to come into a new country and have a good life. And or he sends all his money, so much money back home to his family because they wow. live on a little farm. And, and yeah, he does that all for free. And he's working three or so jobs just to make the money to send to his family and taking people in for free into his that's house. That's cool. I know, I was like, you've just inspired me so much. Thank you so much. Like, wow. yeah, it's just so beautiful. That's but, great. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. It just shows, you know, what can happen when we're just nice to each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you want to pay it forward. Pay it forward. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people just neglect, like, living here and being born here or <laughs> they have the power. And, yeah. It's those yeah. little things that re- remind you of why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. You know, I use the analogy. I used the story. I was at. I was going to get Thai food the other day, mm-hmm. and then I'm wandering up to IGA to get some kombucha. Mm-hmm. And then this lady was on the ground, and I thought, oh, surely she had a stroke or something. I was like immediately worried about. And then I'm walking by. Of course, I'm going to help her. And her son asked me, "Can you help?" Like with desperation on his face. Oh. I was like, "Of course, I'm going to help." Yeah. I was going to do it anyway. Yeah. And then we, she just kind of tripped and she was a little bit taken shock. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just like, of course, that was my instinct to yeah. do that. Yeah. You didn't have to ask. Yeah. I was going to be there. Help others out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, um, there was one time, it was a, a couple of years back when I was going for a short walk with a friend to try and get some fresh air and things. Yeah. Um, and we noticed, or I saw in you know, the corner of my eye that something didn't look quite right. There okay. was like, um, it, I, I wasn't sure what it was, but there was something that wasn't right. And I could sort of see like a person lying down, but I wasn't sure. You, I walked over and realized it was a lady in a, a wheelchair in like a, a mechanical one that had sort of gone up the curb a little bit and tipped over. Oh, no. And it must have been like eight o'clock at night and it was dark and, and things. And I went over and to see what was what was going on. And she was like... Can you can you help me get back yeah. up? And I was like, of course I can. Of course, she was geez. like, you know, I was with my friend and we helped her get back up. And she was just like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to be stuck here all night. Oh, she was just no. like, she was like, oh, thank you for stopping it. Yeah, it's very by, grateful. Yeah, yeah, and just you know, we, there's this phenomenon like diffusion of responsibility. When you yeah. see something, if mm-hmm. there's more people around, people Someone think, oh, somebody else, else will do it. it. But 
You know, that's, I've, you I've know, never heard that's a good way to state that. Diffusion of responsibility. It is, yeah. and everyone just thinks, oh, it's not my responsibility, and crazy. Which is kind of, that's, that's this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's so true. That's what yeah. it is. It's diffusion of love. Yeah. But I, I think um, recently, um, I haven't really had a good couple of months, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, with a few things, I my, my cat that I had for eight years, oh, no. she passed away, mm-hmm. um, which was very, very difficult sad, time yeah. for me. You know, eight years. She was always there by our side, no matter what was going on, she was always there. And, um, and yeah, when I needed to get her some tests and things like that, and mm. the people that could um, gave me their money to help, to help, you know, get her the tests and things. It turns out that, you know, she had um, kidney failure and like, we had to, to put her to sleep, which was really unfortunate, but it was nice to do people helping out the way that they could. But yeah. You know, my mum sent flowers and people had sent really nice messages and things to me. But what really stood out was someone that um, is, a, is a good friend of mine, but we don't see each other very often. Um, she lives down in Bunbury. She um, had met my cat a couple of times and she took the time to sort of write a handwritten letter to me and just sort of said, you know, she pointed out how she had noticed the relationship between my cat and I and like mm. how special that oh, sort of bond wow. really was and things it? it was it was just like and to do it handwritten versus yeah. texting which is very yeah. Yeah. yeah so absolutely you know all the text messages and things I received are beautiful and flowers and everyone that helped with money and things like that but that sort of thing you know I appreciate absolutely everything everyone did for me yeah um and and my own cat yes mm. and own cat um they, oh, MCAT. That's, MCAT, that's cool. Yeah. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other story. But, um, but it would have struck a better, like a, not a better, but a stronger chord. It did, yeah. you know, when came from the, heart. the mailman sort of rang and was like, you know, got mail here, and I was like, I haven't, I'm not waiting for anything. Oh, yeah. And I went down and there was this note just just, just pointing out that, um, you know, she recognised the relationship and stuff, which was really nice. Not a lot of people understand, like, how close you can be. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. some, some can, some don't, but um, it was just a really beautiful thing and it came with like a little um, affirmation thing, you know, for when you're going through something that's really difficult oh, and it just, so it was just nice to have something in the mail mm-hmm. that pointed out that beautiful relationship that I did have with NCAT and um, and she yeah, could recognize that, that and see that. Mm. that so it gives just, it more life. It does. It just you. was really touching for me, yeah. all of those sort of aspects in it. And I just thought that was Because really going through all the struggles, thing. you think you're like on your own. Like you you're do. in your own world. And to have someone recognize yeah. that's got to be really. Yeah, thera- therapeutic's not the word, but just. It just really inspiring. Sure. It just, yeah, yeah validated. Validation, I guess. Yeah. Um, where you just, you know, you feel it and whatever, but when somebody yeah, else Yeah, validating your true emotions, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. just thought, you know, we don't sort of send letters like that in the mail anymore. But, mm-hmm. um, and that's why this, nice. like, I look at this, it's a societal thing. There's this lack of empathy and mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. happening, which, is, yeah. which relates to buildings indirectly, but mm-hmm. it's it's every industry. It's not just ours. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick up the phone, write a, you know, instead of just relying on emails mm-hmm. to direct. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's how we're going to fix it. By thinking about the human element, mm-hmm. for sure, bringing that back, and um, you know that's why in the document and things I put together, I added photos. You know, photos that are quite mm-hmm. um, embarrassing yep. for me to sort of show. Um, yep. But and that's partly where this idea came from. I thought, oh, Nadia would be. What if we just talked about it? Mm-hmm. 
because in all this, there's lots of emails and reports, and and you don't really have a voice to say this is exactly what happened. No. It's too much paperwork going around. Mm -hmm. To hear it from you, it's like okay, that's more real. It's it is a human thing, and you're actually going through. It's not made up, mm -hmm. and it does impact on your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And so you'd like to think, you know... If but what I'm hoping is others were, that are having it are going to start coming out. Yes. And then... Definitely. Or and people then that gonna, don't realize that it's happening to them, they just think, you know... Yeah, a, lot, a lot don't. You know, they might think, actually, there might be a connection here. Let's mm. see. And they might be able to get out of that situation themselves yeah. as well. I was at a father's drinks last week, and he, we're just saying, like, how busy we are nowadays. Yeah. You know, we have so yeah. much to do. Like, everyone, not That's just true. the kids are without. Mm -hmm. It's just like, this is not normal. Never We're just constantly run off our feet. This is everyone, mm -hmm. you know? You're, and you have more to, to deal with, but... Um, yeah, I, I just wonder, why is that? Why are we we're pushing so hard for what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And having less genuine time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With with each other, mm -hmm. like Facebook, I think there there's a lot to be said for what they've done, mm -hmm. in a negative, lots of positives from it though, like you know you connect with people that you haven't in the past, but my theory is that you're gonna for the people that you're meant to stay in touch with, you will. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't need a Facebook to that's, do that. Mm -hmm, exactly. If you're just casually saying hello, or you're not true friends. No. You know, Facebook has done. We I don't want to talk about what happened in New Zealand with that, mm. oh. and then just even getting. Trump elected, just having the social media, the Twitter, has all played a part in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These social media yeah. tools are actually drawing people further away. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. 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 Creating that divide. And mm. it also, you know, when you add more and more people with the same sort of ideologies together, it amps it up. Like it multiplies. Yeah. And people sort of become, they sort of think their ideas are. Mm. Um, legit or whatever mm -hmm. because somebody else thinks it too and it just keeps amping that mm -hmm. up and you, you see that sort of fall out but on the flip it can be used out. for good though too oh for yeah. sure absolutely I think that's just anything in life you can take there's advantage always, of them. there's always a yin and yang yeah. yeah oh great well thanks a lot for coming girls that was brilliant <laughs> thanks so thank you for having us yeah, yeah. No thanks Jeff. all right so I'm going to I'm going to actually head to physio now <laughs> that kayak <laughs> I'm my back is I'm kayaking <laughs> I got my back yeah it gets a bit sore. This guy mad up the road. He, he just works it out very quickly. Oh, yeah. He'll set me up for a couple of months. Uh, thanks for Thanks for listening to the Business of Buildings podcast. Thanks to Emma and Nadia for sharing their experiences living with uh, in sick buildings. Uh, this is an important topic which we'll explore more in future podcasts. We look forward to sharing more perspectives and knowledge in future episodes. Stay tuned.